Now, I said I'd give you a part two, and uh, here it comes. I'm in uh, my basement bar downstairs, staring at the counter. <laughs> On it, there are pretty close to a hundred objects. Sometimes we exaggerate with a hundred, but uh, no, if you started counting, uh, I think you'd come to uh, 95 plus anyway. Now, when I say objects, they're things, rocks mostly. Let's say stones, little stones, things you'd find on a beach somewhere. But there are a few pieces of wood. There's some glass, which I'll probably throw out. Uh, pebbles, and then some very interesting little seeds. Oh, seashells. Uh, things you'd find on special beaches. Now, the problem is, with the exception of ooh, one of them, where is it now? Oh dear, it's one of the most important. Uh, it's a piece of clay in a very interesting shape. Uh, that, I know, came from Prince George, the summer I worked on the railway gang. I was sitting on a cliffside and found this. Oh, here it is. And it looks like a little animal. It's a wonderful piece. But anyway, <laughs> you don't need to know, except that I'm just saying I can identify that from 1975. So what's that? 25 plus 15, 40, 40 years ago. Is that 75? Yeah, yeah. 40 years ago. So I've had this little stone. Now, there's a huge, beautiful piece. Uh, it looks like coral from uh, um, Hawaii from a trip. There's other things that are, you can't, you don't know what it is. It, it was probably living at one point. It's got like living things embedded. But each one had a story when it was found or had some meaning, some significance. Uh, I'm picking up a piece. It's a rusty hinge-like object that came from the marge of Lake Labarge. Now, if you know Robert Service, Canadian poetry from up in the Yukon, and you know the poem uh, Sam McGee. You talked about Sam McGee being cremated on the marge of Lake Labarge. Well, we went up there and we found these things. And uh, that'll just go right back down there. Um, beautiful, beautiful seashells. And every stone has some unusual feature, like this one speckled. And this one looks like, oh, it probably was glass, but it's in the shape of a round stone. Lovely. This one has a big hole. It's probably just a concrete anchor, and that's all that's left. Some kind of a weight is just a hole in it, and that's worn down. But they all have texture, color, shape. Uh, this one, oh, beautiful. Layer upon layer upon layer of stripes. Now, every one of these would have been found over, basically over my adult lifetime, I guess. Probably from the time I moved out to British Columbia. 1972, and would have picked up on beaches there, and some from Mexico, and some from anywhere I've traveled. Now, I haven't seen these rocks, these stones, this collection, uh, for a very long time, over a year anyway. In fact, there were two collections. There were two boxes. I didn't realize I had two collections. Now, one of them used to sit in a box on my mantelpiece. Um, and it was full of these wonderful things, and I could just walk by and look at it and pick something up. Oh, that, that feels neat. That's a neat-looking rock. And then once it disappeared, I had gone off probably with my students or something, and I came home, and uh, it was gone. 
So, of course, what do I do in a case like that? I accuse my wife of losing things, taking things, hiding things, throwing out things. I'm very cruel that way, and it's, uh, it's very unfortunate. And this ties in with a sermon from a Sunday about forgiveness, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. By the way, this is a story that I haven't mapped out. I know a good storyteller will sort of plan it. They'll, they'll diagram it somehow. So this is what we're going to start, and here, here's where it's going to end. I don't do that on this podcast. I'm, uh, first of all, because I'm just too lazy. This is a reflection of my personality. I just talk and see where that gets us. It, it's more fun for me. I don't know if the end result is, is uh, as good as it could be, but it's fun for me. So forgive that. Uh, all right. So amongst these various artifacts, all of which, I, you know, I, when I emptied the two bags out, uh, by the way, they were found yesterday, okay? So they just came in. Suddenly my wife said, I found those. We were in the middle of a, a very intense discussion about, oh, I don't, I don't know how we got to this point, but it's always resolved around one particular item in this collection, one particular little seed, I believe it is, that I'm holding in my hand now, that I found on a beach in Mexico. And I absolutely loved it. And of course, when I was in Mexico, I think we were high a fair amount of the time. So little things you might find on a beach would be great fun to hold and to examine. I take my glasses off so I can look even more closely. Oh, the texture, the color, and you can see where it's sealed. It is a seed that would open up at one point. I believe they, they opened up. They're very rare, and they travel by sea. And if you're very lucky, they wash up on shore, and uh, you find it. And I found this one. And I thought, wow, that is a keeper. These are things, oh, every one of these stones, by the way, is called a keeper. And uh, the problem came when I dumped them all out onto my bar counter and said, oh, well, I'll just use a bunch of stones. I can get rid of most of those. And as I went through them, one <laughs> by one, every single one spoke to me and said, hey, what do you mean? I'm precious. So of the 195 plus I've only found one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight pieces I could part with. I could throw it out and say, well, that's not that great, you know. Um, and then I think, well, if you're only going to throw out eight, why, why don't you just keep them? What's the difference, you know? You've got a large stone collection. The thing is, what to do with it? My wife's problem is they never get dusted. Everything on my shelf here, if you, if you saw what I'm looking at now, you say, oh, my God. What a job. So as I handle each one, the dust is coming off onto my hand. So that's, that's one way of doing it. Pick them up and look at them. Enjoy them. Anyway, back to this seed. I found this on the beach in Mexico, and that would have been, gosh, that would have been after, that have been after the Yukon. It's very hard to keep track of the years. Uh, 77, 78, I guess, probably. 1978. Um, drove down to Mexico from Kingston, Ontario with uh, two friends in a, a van. Lived in the van, basically. Occasionally checked into hotels. Parked it on a beach in um, a place which was now all resort area. This was Tulum. You've heard of Tulum and uh, the place where everybody goes to look at the beautiful fish. 
When we were there, there was nothing there. The, the state was called Quintana Roo. And it was a wild place, and it just hadn't been developed yet. Well, in no time at all, it got developed, and now it's one of the prime tourist resorts. We were lucky enough to get in there where it was free. We just parked our van, our van up on a, up on a sort of a hillside over the beach and, and lived there for a couple of weeks. Hardly any food, hardly anything, but we, we always managed. We got by. Anyway, found this seed and thought, wow, of all the things in this collection. Now, there's one more seed I'm picking it up to, another black, bigger black one, a different type found at the same time. Of all the things in this collection, the two most precious are these two seeds. And there's a third seed. But, man, we, and, it, and it's neat to, you know, all right, these three, <laughs> these three seeds are the most precious of items. If I had to get rid of everything, even the piece of beautiful, big piece of coral, um, and just keep three items, it would be these three seeds that I'm holding in my hand now, okay? So, amazing. I've never seen them before. They're very, very unique. Each one just is, is special. And if you saw them, if you're if you're the kind of person who gets stuff like this, you'd say, wow, that is pretty neat. Okay, so I leave this behind. I move on. Life moves on. Years pass by. And next thing you know, I'm invited by my college to go to uh, Costa Rica uh, in February 2014, last year. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm in the role sort of as an advisor, and I, I'm not, yeah, I'm getting along with the students. I'm not getting along with the two teachers I'm traveling with, but that's another story. Um, there was one day when we get caught in a tropical downpour, like soaked. And we we're up on a hillside walking through forest. Uh, there's no escape. We are just drenched to the skin. But we have a goal in mind. We have a place. Our guide knows where we're going. And it's a special, I don't know if you can call it a house. It was covered. It was just mostly an open space in the middle of a forest for an artist. And this artist had the permission of the government, the people of Costa Rica, the government of Costa Rica, to go into the forest and come back with any little artifact, any thing he found that was that was of interest, was unique, and draw them. He was a fabulous artist, and he was drawing them, and they, eventually these were going to be published in a book. But he also recycled everything. So the entire place, and it was huge, it was like being in a multi-room mansion, except there were no walls. It was just open to the trees around you. And I guess, I don't know, there was a tent awning or something. Um, we were just amazed. Suddenly you were in a place in the middle of a forest in Costa Rica, uh, off the tourist trip path, which was a holy shrine. Wow. And the person was, you know, obviously he was possessed by some wonderful... Spirit, oh, I guess I can't really say that, can I? But you know what I mean. This person was in tune with nature, let's put it that way, all right? And he, 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 under, he was an artist, uh, truly an artist, and uh, who understood the beauty of all that surrounded him in this forest. So we're sitting there, we're looking around, and he's just showing us, and the idea is we can pick up anything, look at it, just see how I've used it, see what it is. I'm there at a table, and suddenly I see this seed. Wow! I've never seen another one in my life, but that is identical 
to the one I found in Mexico. And I'm, I'm, I'm just blown away by this. I don't know now what I'm telling you. I think, well, why was that such a big deal? I, I can't really tell you now, except at the time. It seemed an omen. It seemed so, so very important. That seed. I have a mate back in Scarborough. I've, I've come all this way into this place in the middle of this forest, and I found a seed. The only two places in the world, one on the beach in Mexico, and here I am in Costa Rica, and I found another one. And I'm feeling I have to, I have to have it. I really want that seed to bring it back and join it with the other one I have back at home in Scarborough. I really want to have this pair of seeds. And I ask, and he understands, he sees from my probably crazy expression on my face, this is really important to me. And we go through a translator, and of course, of course, sure, please take it. Can I pay for it? Can I? No, 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 it's yours, take it. And I take it. And I bring it home. And I come back home last winter. And I go downstairs, right to where I'm standing now, right to this bar, to look for that little box so I can reach in and pull out the other seat. And the box is not there. It's gone. And I ask my wife, well, where, where did it go? And she says, I don't know. And I get into a panic. I've got to have that that other seat. I... I <laughs> I need I need to bring them together. It's really really important. What have What have you done? There were there were there were things in that box, things I've collected, things I needed, and they're not there. It's gone. Now that was after my return in February, probably the day I returned. I need it. I need it. And my wife is just sort of I I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I've cleaned up. Things are dirty and dusty and I've, I've cleaned up I don't know where it is and I'm just feeling some anger some resentment some loss of these deep emotions attached to that seed that she's just so didn't care about didn't understand how important it was to me I'm really really upset and it's smoldering it's smoldering until yesterday, when we were having this discussion, an in-depth discussion, stemming from whether or not we're going to take this cat, and what are our roles in this relationship, and who's doing what, and who's responsible for what, and, and this very important discussion stemming around the cat I just talked about, who is sleeping peacefully upstairs now. Very, very happy, thank you. I said, you know, things that you don't care, like things, remember, like that box, well, all, all those things that I have that are important to me, you don't understand. You don't understand me. You don't know that little things like that are important to me. It might seem silly to you, but to me it's important. She said, I found it. I have it. It's there. And I said, what? This is yesterday, I'm telling you. I said, what? It's It's downstairs. I said, where? Show me. Oh, my God. All right. She takes me down. She opens a closet. She goes through. She brings out two bags, 
two bags carefully wrapped up, beautiful bags from Japan, with the boxes inside overflowing with all these stones. And I reach in and I dump them out on the counter. And there it is. There's that little seed and this other one and this other one. And it's in my hand now. And I think, oh my God, this is amazing. Now, where's the other seed you're asking? Well, what are we, did you immediately click them together? Well, no, because <laughs> the other seed is hidden away in my office, away from home, so my wife can't clean up and can't find it. Oh, ye of little faith. Me, my wife didn't throw these out. I've been accusing her for over a year of throwing away things that are important. Every single stone I ever collected is here before me on my bar. She didn't throw them away. She carefully wrapped them up and put them in, and I owe her such a big apology for all that lingering ah, frustration and the anger, the smoldering. And what is the connection? How does this, how does this, how does this relate? I said I was going to talk about church. Here's me holding this seed in my hand. Well, here's another dimension to the story, which, again, I may not explain it well enough for you to understand why it just seems so over, overwhelmingly significant. But we had a sermon yesterday by that wonderful, wonderful man, Greta's husband, talked about forgiveness. And he started off by reaching into his pocket and pulling out something very precious to him. It was a seed, identical to the one I'm holding in my hand now. I'm sitting there saying, what? <laughs> what? That man has one of those seeds now, of course, at this time. While he's talking about this and saying that I used to have two, but one got lost and he's only got one seed now, this very special little seed that he didn't want to buy, but he, he had to because the other one was lost. He's talking about this seed and I'm wondering, does anybody else in this church right now understand how important that is? What a coincidence this is, how amazing it is a man holds out of his pocket a man I've just met through this church giving a talk about the act of forgiveness and then what it means. And he's starting his story by talking about a seed, a very, very special little seed, very, very important to him. And after the service, I walk up and say, Scott, I can't believe that I, too, have a seed exactly like the one you're talking about. And I, too, lost one. And I blamed my wife for losing it. And I still don't know when I'm telling him this, that they were not lost. It wasn't until I got home and through a completely unrelated story, my wife, at that time, an hour after this service, my wife says, I have your bag and your stones with all the rocks and stories and all the things you you complained I had thrown out I have them they're here I owe my wife a great deal of apologies 
I hope I have her forgiveness for the accusations, the impatience, the <laughs> the shortcomings, of course, that I have as a husband. And I don't know, now that I have all these things, what is the meaning of them? It's kind of a flat ending, isn't it? What can I say? Just another crazy coincidence in life? Life is full of these things? I mean, does it not seem amazing to you that somebody would begin a talk about a seed? And I would come home and after believing that seed I had was gone forever out in the garbage, have it in my hand an hour later after the service? That seed I've been missing? Or is this just so? Yeah. Another little coincidence. No meaning, no significance. Well, I told you. <laughs> Sorry for the cackle. I hadn't really mapped out this story, and I, I suppose somebody else could take the events and, and have done it in a much more creative way and come up with a much better ending but I can just tell you I'm tickled I'm very happy to have my rock collection back I don't know what I'm going to do with it I'm going to have to find just a bigger display case some things I think like the uh, uh, that wonderful little piece of coral from Hawaii I think I can just sneak onto my bar top with all the other artifacts some of it can just go directly onto the bar I suppose Anyway, that's for the future. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I'm sorry I've, I've gone on overtime again, but uh, uh, that's the way it will be. Maybe this podcast, this Baby Sally talk, Talks, will uh, eventually morph into a full one-hour Dixon James. Who knows? Signing out. Thank you for listening, and uh, come back next week. Bye for now. Oh